Hey everyone, welcome to The Check. I'm Brady Vixilio, owner of Steinhuber's Restaurant in La Bella Italia on Laskin Road in Virginia Beach. And I'm Alvin Williams, owner of Cobalt Grill Restaurant in Hilltop, Virginia Beach. Welcome to The Check, a podcast about restaurants, people who work in restaurants, who own restaurants, and people who like to dine in restaurants. We'd like to welcome Bill Dillon to the podcast this week. Bill is the owner of Abbey Road Pub and Restaurant on 22nd Street, near the Virginia Beach Oceanfront, an establishment he's run for the past 38 years. Like every other restaurant owner, his business has taken a major hit during the last several months. Hey, Bill. Welcome to The Check. Hey, thanks, Alvin. So how did you get the name for your restaurant, and what's the concept? This is a really cool story. I'm driving down the road. I can tell you where I was. I pulled out my, my cassettes at the time. I graduated from 8-track, and I'm now up to cassettes. And I'm looking down my cassettes, and at Billy Joel and Jimmy Buffett and Earth, Wind and & Fire, and I'm like, about the eighth cassette down, it says Abbey Road, and it was the Beatles, obviously. And I'm like, cool name. I'm going to name it Abbey Road. And that's where the name came from. And um, interestingly enough, it did not start out to be a Beatles-themed restaurant. We, we just thought it was a cool name. About three months into it, this guy walked in and said to me and my partners, hey, I want to paint a Beatles album. Big Beatles fan. I love the name. Can, we, can I paint you an album? Uh, a big you know, album cover. So to this day, there's a huge canvas in our restaurant that has the, the Abbey Road, the Beatles walking across the road. Well, from that, people started coming in. Hey, do you want this album? Do you want this Beatles mirror? Do you want this poster? And, it, and almost everything in the restaurant now was given to me. There's a few things I, I purchased. Like a really cool story is a few years ago, this guy came in and he was from Australia. And he email, I didn't meet him at the time. He emailed me and said, I'm from Australia. I want to send you some record albums. Only released in Australia. And I said, well, what can I pay, pay for? He says, I don't want any money. So finally, after the third email, he says, all right, send me some T-shirts. Well, he sent me three albums only released in Australia. The color is different. The design is different. And they're on the wall. It's really, really kind of cool. Stories like that, really. I finally did meet him, and he turned out to be a record producer in Australia. That's, that's awesome. That's a great story. And were you a Beatles fan then? I mean, you obviously oh, had the huge, concept, huge Beatles So it's worked fan. out well. Oh, you know, my, I have older sisters, and they made us watch the Ed Sullivan show when they appeared on there. My oldest sister, I was probably seven or eight years old, eight years old, I think. And yeah, from then on, they got all the albums. I listened to them, and I just loved music then, and I listened to every single one of their albums. I have a, an affinity for the Beatles. I'm from England, so I'm from Leeds, yeah, and they're from Liverpool, so grew up listening to their music. Well, Bill, I've known you for a while. I don't know. It's probably been 10 or 15 years, I guess, mm-hmm. um, since we met. And I've always known you to be a really straight shooter. You're a friendly guy, and you're a huge advocate of restaurants. Yes. You, you fight for your craft, and you've been in the headlines recently. You've sued Governor Ralph Northam because you believe that the governor does not have the authority to shut down businesses during a state emer- of emergency. Tell us about your decision to do this, and why do you think you have a case? There's a lot to unpack there, but um, I've been on the restaurant board locally since the mid-80s. You know, you go to a, you go to a meeting, ask a question, and they call you up. You want to be on our board? And that's just how it happened two years into my business. I didn't really know what I was doing. From that on, about a year later, they appointed me to the State Restaurant Association Board. And so since the mid-80s, I'm still on both those boards. So when this all happened... I went to the local board. I said, look, guys, we got to challenge this. He can't just shut our businesses down. Let people have a right to decide whether they feel safe. They want to stay home, let them stay home. If they want to go out, let them go out. And they didn't want to touch it. 
I wrote multiple letters to the mayor and city council of Virginia Beach saying, you know, we've got to take control. I guess the, 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 uh, most, the sternest letter I wrote May 8th to the mayor saying, tell the governor we're just going to reopen Virginia Beach on our own terms in a safe manner. No, I still to this day have not got a response from the mayor. I go to the state association. It used to be the Virginia Restaurant Association I was appointed to. Now it's the Virginia Restaurant Lodging and Travel Association. I implored them multiple times, multiple letters. Please, let's challenge the governor. If not, I'm not even saying sue the governor. Let's at least get a legal opinion on what he's doing. He can't, under his authority, when he declares a state of emergency, he has limited authority to do what he's doing, and he's overreaching. He, he can't just arbitrarily shut down some businesses and not others. So I finally came to the point, I guess the icing on the cake. I started looking at a legal argument back in, in May. There was a gun range in Lynchburg that sued the governor successfully. So I looked at their legal argument, their pleading, and their, their, the judge's opinion after he, he decided that they were right. So I started putting something together myself. I had a, a lawyer friend of mine who helped me and gave me some advice and direction. And then I, I guess the icing on the cake, after having said all that, is when the governor came to Virginia Beach Memorial Day weekend, he wasn't social distancing, he wasn't wearing his face mask, he was taking selfies with strangers. And for him to say, oh gosh, I left my face mask in the car. Wait a minute, security, someone, nobody that was with him could go get the face mask. How about the businesses he was walking by on the boardwalk? Nobody had a face mask to give him. I mean, the ultimate hypocrisy. So I'm literally after that, I'm, I'm mowing the lawn and I, I walk in and I'm, I tell my wife, I said, look, don't freak out. I want to tell you something. I want, I, I want to do something. And she just listened. And um, I said, I want to see the governor. I just got, I've got to do something. And that's not, I mean, that was a big deal for me. I'm walking in, my hands are shaking, dropping off the, the lawsuit at the clerk's office. So I, it did not come quickly or easily. It was a, a process. I implored. I tried to get everybody locally and on the state level to help. I even wrote something to the NRA, the government relations person on the National Restaurant Association, and I didn't get a response. So I just really felt like I had to do something. Do you have the, uh, their attention now? You know, you said that you, you wrote to them and you, did you email them? Uh, we've, had, them? we've had a hearing already. July 1st, we had a hearing. It was for an injunction. So what happened was the governor's attorneys, they were, you know, you write a pleading. It's basically your legal argument that you have a case. They come back with why we don't have a case. And so they literally dropped that off July 1st. So now we have to respond to that pleading and we're finishing it up that today. It's going to be filed again tomorrow, the, the, the amended pleading, if you will. And the judge will rule on whether I have a case to, to, to issue an injunction against the governor's orders. Whether he does or he doesn't, we'll still have a trial. Okay, you're, you're also suing the superintendent of the Virginia State Police. How does he fit into all this? Well, the only reason he's on there as well as the health commissioner is on there because they're working together, writing these executive orders. And the superintendent of police, state police is the one who enforces the orders. So we're asking for if the governor, I mean, the judge grants an injunction that he not enforce the order on Abbey road and the health commissioner not have let the health department come in and shut us down because they deem we're in violation of something. So that's how that works. In the suit, do you seek damages? I sought damages because I thought that was just the process. 
the lawyer, the lawyer found me, by the way, I filed this suit on my own. And a few days later, I get a call from a lawyer in Harrisonburg and he has been following, he feels obviously the way a lot of lawyers do that the governor's taken away our civil rights. And he was following us. He found out on some online uh, legal where I guess cases are filed. He called me and he, and I said, well, that's how I hired him. So my original pleading was five pages, his a 70. (laughs) So he really did a great thorough job of doing it. I just want to be able to operate my restaurant legally without fear of, you know, it's bad enough. We're most regulated industry in the, of all, it's bad enough to follow the rules and regulations that we have already to have the health department come in and say, all right, that person's not wearing a mask, um, taking your license away. This is crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff. And after following the rules, uh, how far is your business down? I presume sales are down and, and everything's down. Well, I can tell you, March, April, and May, my sales were down from the previous year, $358,000 in gross sales. April alone, we did takeout. In fact, we had employees uh, volunteer to deliver food. So I'm like, this is great. I wasn't going to even do delivery, but we had takeout and delivery month of April. We did $12,000 the whole month of April, and we did that on one day last year on a Saturday in April. So that's a perspective. Um, June is not down as much as I thought. In July, obviously, I don't know where that's going to end up. We're just about half, well, a little bit more than halfway through. So, If you're the governor, how do you fix this? You rescind your executive orders. You give guidelines. You tell people, hey, this is what's out there. Um, if you want to stay home, stay home. If you want to frequent a business... Let the business decide if they want to ask you to wear a face mask. If you want to wear a face mask, they should not mandate it. How about the governor uh, in early April when he did one of his executive orders? He said this is going to last for 90 days or whatever till June 10th. No other governor in the nation was saying, given that much time. They were doing three weeks, four weeks. Let's see what happens in three or four weeks. How did the governor know June 10th? Just last week at his press conference, he said, I had to go back and watch this. So I want to get it right. He said, until we have a vaccination, now who knows if we'll ever have a vaccination, but until we have a vaccination, we're going to, uh, this is going to affect people's weddings and other gatherings and the November election. Bill, what are you doing to uh, get your plight out there and bring attention to your, your case? And what kind of support have you received so far? Well, um, I have a social media person that handles my Facebook. And the very first weekend I filed the lawsuit, she calls me up and says, Bill, what am I going to do with all these responses? I usually try to respond to everybody. We got 200 in the first weekend and mostly positive. There was some negative, like I don't care about people's health. And, you know, is this your you Abbey know, Road Facebook? Yeah, Abbey Road Facebook. Yes. So we did that. I started a GoFundMe page and I did get a fair amount of donation. And um, I've kind of been putting that on hold right now to wait to see what happens with the next um, judge's ruling, which I hope to have in like a week, actually. This is all very disturbing, and it's everybody seems to be buying into the face mask thing. All the media, even, you know, people like Fox News, you think might not be, be the last holdout. And now the CDC, my lawyer found this yesterday or over the weekend, the CDC is saying the cloth face coverings are, are ineffective. They don't work. But, they're, but the governor's saying the CDC guidelines wear a cloth face covering. Well, if they don't work, then what's the point? There are some masks that do work. You know, it's, for me, gosh, it's also common sense. 
The first time I wore a face mask was in May, and I went to a little jewelry shop to buy my wife a Mother's Day gift. She goes, do you have a face mask? I'm like, no. She says, well, I'll give you one. So I'm in there for 10 minutes, and I'm thinking, this, I can't breathe. And I'm, this can't be healthy. I'm breathing in my own carbon dioxide, some of it. So I go back and do some research. And you can find you know, research on both sides. They work. They don't work. But one of the ones that I thought was pretty, pretty valid, it said you, know, you could cause dizziness, fatigue, headaches, and hypoxia, which is when your, your blood is low in oxygen. I say make your own decisions. The CDC says 450 to 500,000 people die every year of smoking cigarettes. And that's their numbers. People have a choice. They can choose to smoke a cigarette or they can choose not to smoke. They know the risk. So you take a risk when you get in a car every day. You know, you don't think about it because the risks are so low. This is, in my view, very low. Most people are in nursing homes. They're 70s and 80s and they have other illnesses and that's what they're, they're dying from. Uh, you know, they're, they're sedentary. They're not out and about, you know, in the real world. Most of us don't live in nursing homes or assisted care facilities. What kind of support have you gotten? It sounds, sounds like you got do you, this lawyer from uh, Harris, Harrisonburg. Harrisonburg. Um, is he doing it pro bono? No. So he's, right now. he's sending you bills. Actually, he sent me an initial bill, and I've actually just given him money. He hasn't been asking for money. So um, I paid him a fair amount. I said, uh, Paul, you got to give me a bill soon so I know where we really are. And he goes, I'm not worried about it. So he, he's fighting this for his own reasons too, I suppose. But there's a lot of legal opinions out there that agree with what we're doing. I've had people in the, my business community, my peers, and other people that have called me or written me and say, I support what you're doing. I'm, you know, proud, that I'm do, proud of what you're doing. What about opposition? Any, anyone real verbal about opposing what you're doing? We got some ugly Facebook posts that Bill doesn't care about his employees and all he cares about is money and that's just not true. Well, you know, again, let's try to let common sense come into play. Back in the end of March, we had really nice weather uh, the last weekend of March. People were out and about out on the beaches by the thousands, tens of thousands is what I heard. Big crowds. Uh, big crowds. Sandbridge, Oceanfront, Chicks Beach. Were there any spikes in the hospitals? Zero. Well, I mean, it's, I can't say zero, but there wasn't, the hospitals did not get overwhelmed. In fact, we know people in our neighborhood work in the healthcare industry, and they're like, this is just this is a bunch of baloney. So, so they go to mid-April when people go to the Richmond, and they're, they're um, protesting the governor for the lockdown. He goes, a pandemic doesn't care what you're protesting about. Go home and be safe. So then we, in May, when there's social protests, people have a right to protest. But all these gatherings... The hospitals, the patient first, are they getting overwhelmed? You, I think we would know about that in the newspaper, wouldn't we? Hospitals are overtaken by COVID-19 patients. You don't see in that. The other thing that you hear on the national news, and one doctor called it out. He goes, they say cases are up and um, uh, hospitalizations are up. What they don't tell you is hospitalizations are up because people are getting elective surgery they couldn't get back in March, April, and May. They're rescheduling and they're doing that. So they're trying to tie the two together, but they're really not related. There might be a minor amount, but people are getting their surgeries that they couldn't get. And the hospitals never got overwhelmed. Did you notice um, a surge in your business when all those people were out at the beach and you know everyone was coming out? Did, did your business? No, we were, we were shut down March 23rd. 
to end any indoor business, 10 people, it was 10 people between March 17th and 23rd. Then we had no indoor dining. And obviously none in April, I told you. In May, was, was it May 15th? We could do outdoor dining at 50%. These orders have been so vague and they're, they're uh, hard to follow and understand. So the resort area seems to be a focus of Governor, Governor Northam's latest measures to crack down on overcrowding. And from what I understand, teams from the ABC and the health department are conducting spot checks um, together, some kind of a task force for potential violations. What have you witnessed so far? I have not seen anything personally, and nor have we had anybody come in. But we know people around us have been checked, and they shut down a place around the corner, I think, the other night. Made it, maybe made them close early, I think, because they weren't social distancing, I believe. So that's just, you know... Brady, you've been, you guys have been in the business a long time. I mean, we fear the ABC agents, yeah. they, not so much the health department, but they could come in and say, you've got a violation and it goes on your record. And even when you're trying to do the best things, gosh, this is so scary to have somebody be able to come in and on their opinion, shut you down. Where is due process? When you're, when you're driving down the road and you get a traffic ticket, even for a minor traffic infraction or a speeding ticket, you get to go in front of a judge if you want. And at least let him hear your side of the story. So why can't we set up some type of a process? If they think Abbey Road is violating some of the governor's illegal mandates, I call them, give us a, our day in court to challenge them, which is, I guess, what I'm doing beforehand. This is why I'm doing this now. But even so, even if I lose, give me an opportunity to, to hear, have this being heard out in front of a judge. Very, very fair point. Yeah. From what I understand, they're, they're coming together and, one will go in the back door of your restaurant and one will go in the front door and they'll come through to see if people are wearing masks or complying in the, in the kitchen and your guests yeah. getting up, uh, walking to the bathroom, such and such. So it, I'm definitely fearful of what they would do to shut us down. And, and I guess they have the right to do that right now to, to say, we don't think that these people are wearing masks and they should be, and we're going to take your license. Well, I, had, I had two weddings over the weekend and I was very concerned because that was when it, first started and i was concerned that you know okay my guys have got to be masked up and doing their thing because if an if an abc agent comes in the front health department in the back and they say oh um sorry you all are shut down because you know john doe's not wearing his mask then i'm sorry you know bill and Susie, y'all aren't getting married today because it's crazy. Uh, they, the ABC agent saw somebody without a mask go into the bathroom. So one of the executive orders, it had uh, ex- exceptions for wearing the mask. And one of them was exercising. And the other one is if you can't breathe. So I'm going to tell you, by, when we first were able to reopen, the employees were, all were wearing masks. They wore them Friday night. By Saturday night at the end of the night, like, I can't breathe. I can't work. You're carrying, they're carrying heavy bus pans. They're carrying trays of food. Tell me they're not exercising. And if you don't want to make that argument, they can't breathe. So it's I, tough on them. It really is. Well, thank you to Bill Dillon of Abbey Road Pub and Restaurant. What are your hours, Bill? Are you open six days a week, seven days a week? We're open seven days a week. We have been from the beginning. Um, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m., business permitting. And then a few years ago, we started at breakfast at 9 a.m., Saturdays and Sundays. And then up till late at night, we have live entertainment uh, five nights a week. 
Well, awesome. Well, we appreciate you doing the podcast. You've been very informative. So thanks for coming. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here and let me uh, talk about my suit. And uh, it is, I'm hoping that uh, everything will work out for all involved in the best way. Well, you've given us and our listeners a lot to think about and we appreciate your advocacy for restaurants everywhere. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. I'm Brady. And I'm Alvin. This is The The Check. Check.